Hey, what's going on? My friends, Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is Thursday, the 10th of February, 2022, evening of. It's almost 5 p.m. And I'm just finishing up my work day. Today was a pretty busy day. Helped a bunch of folks and loved them all dearly. One thing that I think is worth mentioning, okay? is uh, it would be interesting to see if there could be like a video compilation of all the expressions, the the faces, the countenances of the people that visit the office, patients and friends, when they see Bogey Boy. Holy friggin' moly. Because it's just a, it's a pure thing. It's purity. It's a baby. A baby dog. And isn't he so cute? And he's he's already grown from last week. And can I give him a treat? And where's he at? Where's that puppy? They come in. Some of them get that right down on their knees. And they turn the corner and stoop down. And they're looking to play with good old Bogey. And he goes right over to him. I mean, I got freaking adults and children... One woman came in this afternoon and said, Hey, we'd just like to see the puppy if it's okay. She brought her little son who's like 10. and came in and played with Bogey a little bit. Experienced what, you know, that, that feeling. Shared that feeling of, of joy, of, of, of this pure creature. You know, animals and dogs in particular. I'm sure I've discussed this on the podcast before. Um, they're fucking, they're wonderful, you know, they're just, look at this person right here walking, she's got a husband or some sort of Labrador, tell she loves her dog, and look at this woman over here, at least this couple, they're walking, they got their little German Shepherd or whatever that was, nice afternoon for a walk, get out there and, and get out with man's best friend, they just love you, they live for you, man, they just want to be with you. And Bogey is that way. Just this little inquisitive creature. Little fuzzball. Big smile on his face. Maybe he'll do a yawn. He does a nice wide yawn. He goes, at the end of it, he goes, Ew! (laughs) And then I do that. After he does it, he looks at me like, he knows. He knows what I'm talking about, you know? Now I can stand in my office in, in, in my, my treatment room and, and he's just around the corner and he'll say, um, I'll, I'll say, hey, bogey, bogey boy, come. And he will, he'll come, he'll wake up or do whatever, you know, whatever he's doing. If he's sleeping, let him sleep. But if he's, if he's game, he'll come around and he comes right over to me and I'll lay down on my back between patients on the floor and he'll come and cradle right next to me and he just sleeps and he just snuggles and I put him on my chest and I can feel his little heartbeat and it's, it's just a thing of beauty it's a purity like I said if we could take snapshots or a little you know five second experiences you know little excerpts of of people's expressions what would that be like? You'd see, you know, it would be it would be something truly to watch, amusing. Because people just love dogs. 
So he's very, he's great to have around the office. He's very therapeutic, of course. And I just love him so much. So that's the first thing. Second thing, I have a, an observation. I, I gotta say, tell you this about the Dr. Drill's Making Motivation. Uh, no, no. The March Back to Health. It's fucking, it's looking large and in charge, man. We got people that are gonna be coming that are, you know, veteran participants of the program. Uh, people who are old and gray. We got patients who are going to be doing it. They're signing up. You know, the roster's got to be filling up, and it will continue to over the next couple weeks. And then on March 5th, it's showtime, man. I don't care. If, I hope it's a beautiful day. But if it's a little inclement, just dress for the fucking weather. And we're going to do different exercises. We're going to start doing some flexibility training, some static stretches, some mo mobility you know, exercises, and then we're going to do some calisthenics, and if at any time it gets, you know, we do something more advanced, like a, you know, whatever, could be a squat, advanced for this particular, you know, 15 years later, some people might need to do a squat, or hey, you need this, I'll issue them a uh, modification, how's that? That'd be nice, right? So that everybody can train. Everybody can be part of this. And if at some point they feel like they need to step away or it's too getting too rigorous, then they're going to grab a buddy and they're going to walk along the trail. And they can walk and they can talk. And we'll do some cadence calls, walking, hiking, running, whatever. We'll do whatever we can do. I just want to impress upon people that you can do anything. You have to be comfortable doing it at your own level. You know, and that as adults, that's our responsibility to acknowledge, you know, where, where our, our present level of fitness, where we are and where we want to go, you know, and I'm going to make sure we really crawl, walk, run with the training too. But this is something that I want to be for everyone to come out of this fucking pandemic, to emerge safely out in the open air, out in a nice local park with, um, you know, among friends that you haven't even met yet. It's really what I want. That's why we're doing this. You know, the poster depicts me uh, squeezing the shit out of a, of a coronavirus, a little fuzzball, and then somebody kicking it with a freaking roundhouse kick, and then you got somebody punching it, and somebody hitting it with a baseball bat, and off it's going. Caricature of me and the coronavirus. Haha, <laughs> making fun of this, you know, unfortunate situation. Let's do that. Let's laugh at this fucking thing, you know, respectfully. Let's be safe, but let's get the, let's fucking take the power back. We need to get moving again. We need to get, you know, active physically and mentally. So it's time. Um, so that, I'm going to check tomorrow, but that roster's got to be filling up or it will be. I just signed up myself. So awesome. Try to get whole families out there. I want fucking 100 people out there. Break up into different groups. According to ability, we'll enlist the help of other people. You know, it's going to be great. It can be great. We need to make it great. People need to show up. So let's get to, let's spread the word on that. Next, um, I made an observation regarding... Um, uh, there's a quote a while back 
I heard. It goes like this. There's no virtue in being shy. I think what the author was sort of the... or whoever said that was saying was that we all have gifts. We all have strengths and weaknesses. But we should not... If we have the ability to do something or say something or a contribution to make, we should not hold it to ourselves. We should share that contribution with the world. I mean, within our comfort zone. Um, an example of this is I uh, went to, took my daughter to a braces appointment the other day. And she said, you know, I, I got the dog in my lap, so I'm not going to go in with a puppy. I probably could, but fuck that. I don't want to talk to those turds. So I sent her a 13 year old ass in there by herself. And I parked out front, waiting for her. So what do I, what do I say to them? I said, Lily Obers for an 830 appointment. Like, my daughter is one of the most organized, you know, together, type A individuals you're going to find. She should be able to, it wasn't about the inability to articulate something, it was that usually somebody else is making her appointments or whatever, interacting with somebody that's out of her comfort zone. But as we develop, as we, as we become adults, as we grow up, we have to assert ourselves. We have to speak up. We have to become comfortable expressing ourselves. And I feel like a lot of times, things are left unsaid by people. I mean, you should be able to make an appointment. You know, what do I say to them? I said, Lily Obers for an 8.30. Hey, good morning. Lily Obers for an 8.30 a.m. Later, I took her to Chick-fil-A again. She wanted just a, uh, an iced tea. I said, okay. And she's, well, what are you going to say? I said, hey, what's going on? I'm like, hey, how you doing, sir? I'd like to make a, I'd like to uh, serve you. How may I serve you today? Good afternoon. Good morning. How do I serve, how may I serve you? I said, hey, how are you, man? Just come back from, uh, you know, a little orthodontia appointment, get my daughter a unsweetened tea. And, you know, person kind of like, hey, hey, hey. probably called me an asshole under their breath, but you got to interact with people, man. You, have, you should be comfortable expressing yourself. There's no harm in that. It's a, it's one way that we can communicate to, literally, to other people, you know, effectively. To be heard. And to be respected. And I said, well, okay. Because what am I going to say when I go back into the office? I don't know what to say when I press the button for them to let me in the building. I said, same thing. Yes, good afternoon. Lily Oberst, coming back from a doctor's appointment. Thank you. Got my letter right here. That's it. The staff at the front will probably be like, wow, that, that girl's really, yeah, she's really got her act together. I really, I like her. She's really, really nice, that girl. Some of these kids just come and go, and I always look at their damn bones and whatever. You know what I mean? There's no virtue in being shy, especially if you're an adult listening to this, which all of you are. You should speak up and assert yourself, express yourself, all right? You don't want to, you want to be appropriate with it, right? But when it comes to the, um, your body language, I've talked a lot about that, body language and, and just asserting yourself. It's such an important thing, such a fundamental step that we need to take every day and
because we're creatures of habit, we might be, you know, I don't want to talk to that person, or, or oh, they don't want to talk to me, or whatever, whether you're down on yourself, or you just aren't feeling it, the way that you carry yourself matters, so put your shoulders back and your chest out, and look somebody in the eye, and, and, and say, hey, how are you today, to the clerk, you know, or to the fucking toll booth operator, or to whatever, man. Be heard. Be assertive. Finally, I'm going to talk about this situation with freedom of speech and Joe Rogan and cancel culture. Now, I've discussed this before, and it's all over the news right now. You know, basically, Joe does podcasts and does a bunch of things. Very successful. I think he's a good guy. I like a lot of his podcasts. He's got some great guests. Sometimes he has guests that I don't care for, that I don't agree with on things. Uh, Obviously, everything is hypersensitive these days with the COVID cooties and the pandemic response and politics and everything is being politicized, right? And Joe's got so much influence that, you know, if he's not careful, he's going to get commandeered by one side of the other. And so now, Joe said some things, had some guys on, talked about, doctors on, talked about doubt, casting doubt on the vaccine and the pandemic response and talking about other medications that are not authorized by the FDA. And these are very sensitive things that it makes sense that um, should be restricted, should be, you know, you can speak freely, but you can't you know, prompt people to be foolhardy. You can't lead people astray. And when you're, you know, Joe Blow, well, it might not matter what you say. But when you're Joe Rogan, you've got credibility. You have respect. You have a huge audience. So um, what's, hap- what's happened is that he got called out on that. He apologized thought it was very sincere. Nice apology. Then somebody called him out, artist called him out on his um, using the N-word, racial epithets. Uh, It was like a compilation of all of the sound bites of him using these racial epithets. In context that he says are, you know, had to do with a story or uh, talking about a comedian like Richard Pryor or whoever and how they would use it but he would use he would use the word like that's why I would say the n-word I would never you're never gonna hear me say that word just you know it's a forbidden word comedy comedians are all about uh, you know being shocking being funny being outrageous getting your attention and keeping it and I think that's that's what Joe was trying to do. He's trying to speak, be genuine, be you know, speak freely, and um, you know, did not age well. Uh, you know, it did not go over well, and appropriately so. He should get shit for that. He apologized for that, but as I said, he meant he he swears that it's it was benign. He, he's not a racist, and I don't believe he is. 
one hand, I do believe that it's, you know, people say it's not a word that you can, you should use, even though it's used quite a bit in pop culture, you know, in songs and speech among people of color, and they can use it, but we can't use it. It's an ugly term, and I don't think anybody should use it if it's used in the context of, you know, disrespecting or talking about civil rights and stuff like that. It's a terrible word because of the history around it, because of the civil rights violations, because of the racism in our society, in our past, in our history. And so I think he's justifiably getting shit for that. And they're giving them shit about sexist comments and laughing about how, you know, one of his... I mean, look, he's had some... Some of his guests, like Joey Diaz, yeah, he's a tremendous comedian, funny guy. You know, he was in jail. He was a... He always talks about how he was in jail and drugs and his past and in the context that it's... I don't know, I mean, just being honest and talking about the way things were and saying some things, admitting to having done some things that were um, were terrible back in the day. And so, trying to park here. So, uh, It's just interesting. Oh, look at Mandy. She's trying to find bogey. She can't fucking find them. Back in the car, right? Here the fuck I go. Just got home. Just scarfed down a meal. Now I'm heading back. Pick up Sam. He's down at down the uh, track practice at the high school. My duty as a father, no problem. Okay, so what have we talked about so far? We talked about the uh, awe-inspiring presence of our friend Bogey Boy that fills all patients with glee when they get to meet him. And their brilliant smiles and happiness come there just to visit him. It's like you're a... I'm sure my patient visits and joy, if there was a joy monitor at the office, it would be fucking off the charts right now because of this bogey boy. And I talked about no virtue in being shy. And I'm just... When I say that, I'm just talking about how we should not withhold our gifts, even undiscovered gifts. Gifts. Not that you have to be fucking fantastic in any way. Just make sure that you're counted in this life. You know, all we have is... this life, and we have an opportunity every day to make our mark and to to be counted. 
know, you're somebody, you're somebody special, and I'm sure you have some gifts and talents, attributes that will benefit other people. So speak up. Third, we talked about the back, uh, uh, marching back to health. It's going to be big. There's going to be a lot of people, varied individuals, people that are in my life. I love them all. It makes me think about the big fish. All right? Remember that movie that I talked about? I was trying to get the book. The big fish is about the guy who goes off and his dad, his dad goes off to work every day and he comes home. He's a traveling salesman or something. So he met all these people and he comes home and he tells these stories and they sound... God, I hope my dog didn't take a shit in here. That smells. I hope he didn't just drop a turd. I don't think so. That's pretty bad, though. Um, he comes home and he, he has all these extravagant tales. Elaborate tales of the adventures that he has and the people that he meets. They sound like there's somebody for, out of a carnival story. And uh, lo and behold, all the stories were true. Kid doubted that they were true. Thought that Dad just liked to tell stories and spin yarns. And all those stories were true. I got people like that in my life, man. I got every person is a story and somebody whom I appreciate. So when I ask you to, you know, I say that not to be shy. I'm talking to all of you who are listening. You might think that, you know, you, you're nobody or you don't nobody cares or you don't matter or whatever. We all feel like that sometimes, but it's bullshit. You know, people care. People want to talk to you and listen to you and you've got something to say, so speak the fuck up. I'm talking mostly about you know, people in my midst, like my, my daughter and my children. I want them as they develop to stand on their own two feet and be counted. Speak up. Finally, I'm talking about the freedom of speech issues between, um, you know, most notably Joe Rogan and how he's under fire right now from multiple angles. You know, previously he, he was able to, like he never offended me, okay? <clears throat> and I've listened to a lot of his shows. He's actually a very thoughtful guy. I'm sure like all of us, he's a work in progress and he said some things and, you know, in his effort to try to have a great uh, podcast story to tell, he wants to have. He, I think he genu- genuinely does want to have interesting conversations with people, and that you know, sometimes there are guests that'll you know, let them speak their mind and talk, speak from an, uh, a point of view that people don't hear all the time. And folks are interesting. Going back to the whole the big fish story movie people are interesting out there and you want them to be real we don't want some do we want some um, boiled down kind of smoothed over world is that really what we want where nobody can speak their mind because what's going to happen is you have people another you know one segment of the population that wants that nobody can say this that or the other thing for fear that they're going to offend somebody and there's going to be another side that are going to want to vehemently, you know, be vehemently opposed to that, and they're going to want to speak, they're going to speak louder and more um, callously and crudely and intentionally be offensive because they, we have that right, 
free speech. So, <clears throat> Rogan's under fire for saying a bunch of stuff ranging from coronavirus misinformation, which I believe is true. He didn't see, he's discouraged people, said if you're a young, healthy individual, you take care of yourself, you, you, I wouldn't get vaccinated, which is foolish, okay? And with such a large platform, he shouldn't have fucking said that because it's, the evidence is not on his side there. Next, there were some racial epithets thrown around. Uh, the context was, I think, not meant to be. The context was that he was telling jokes, and he was speaking about, you know, these how these terms were used by people like Red Fox and uh, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and in the. You know, through the course of joke telling. He's also telling stories that, and, you know, when you add these racial epithets, these anecdotes, um, when you add to that him telling stories, off-color stories about um, neighborhoods that he's visited, said something about Planet of the Apes, it don't look good for him. And he said, he admitted that these things don't look good for him. And he would feel this, he feels, understands how people would feel bad about him. And he apologized. I think it's so honorable that he apologized. You got folks like uh, Trump and some other dickwad. Who is it? Uh, DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, the governor from Florida. He says, never apologize. You know, which I think is precisely the wrong way to go about this. Now, he can take that approach. And maybe he will, if he gets enough grief. Maybe he'd be like, fuck it. But he, a guy like this, like he's already said, Rogan's already said that uh, it was a political hit job, is what it is. We've seen these cancel, the cancel culture shit where somebody does something or says something, and all of a sudden, you know, they get canceled. You get people that are railing against them, and, and you can see that the, it's like the mob coming to... Um, to lynch somebody. I don't, I think that in, in Joe's case it's partly true because I think, think that he's actually a, a really decent person that <clears throat> more often than not has stimulating content that is reasonable and fair and he admits that there's a lot that he doesn't know. I think, I still say that the problem is that um, he just got such a huge platform that it really does matter what he says and what he endorses, what he allows people to say, you know, you can say, ah, well, I'm just a dope, you know, who the hell am I? I just a friggin' work meathead. You know, I don't know anything. You don't take your medical science advice from me, but this is what I think. There's a lot of people doing that right now. And the difference between them and Joe is that they are, you know, they're Joe Blow and he's Joe Rogan. So it really matters what he has to say. <clears throat> uh, 
Then I mentioned earlier that there were some sexist things that, that, you know, went on, various content. You know, people are saying, well, if you have a problem with Joe Rogan, I got a, I got a name for you, Howard Stern. Yeah, Stern is doing all kinds of crazy stuff, outrageous stuff, demeaning stuff to different populations, you know, things that certainly hurt people's feelings and their moral compasses. Uh, there's a lot of people who've done that and who, you know, are deplatformed. They can wind up in big trouble. It seems like if you're part of the media, though, you can say whatever you want and really think about it. How far does somebody have to go before they, you know, pe- there's an uprising and people won't take it anymore? You know, on the one hand, I feel as though <clears throat> it is important uh, that I- I'm glad that people stand up for what is right. I'm glad that Neil Young says, okay, faced with this pandemic, um, I don't want my music on this fucking platform. This guy's got doctors on there. We, we're in the middle of a viral pandemic, a real a real um, public health emergency, and this is a big deal. He's known people, I'm sure, who's suffered and died from this illness, and he th- he stands with the doctors and, and clinicians, you know, scientists, and so do I. So it interests me. I, I, I'm... I'm all for people taking a moral stand and saying, you know what, I'm not going to subscribe to this channel. I'm going to turn this channel off. I'm not going to buy this product anymore if they uh, are offended by it or if there's something that is done where that could potentially be harmful. But also, I'm for free speech. So it would be interesting to see how this shakes out. I think enough of Joe Rogan that I believe that he can help sort this out. He can help... Um, us find a balance. So. Stand by.